0: atmosphere church podcast on behalf of all of us here at atmosphere thank you for downloading or streaming this service we pray that it will touch your heart and change your life in addition to bringing you today's service we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can if you need prayer or just someone to talk with please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church someone from our team will be sure to connect with you We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. I wanna give a special introduction to Pastor Kevin Nickerson. He is the official chaplain of the LA Rams. He also has an organization called the Game Breakers Academy where he takes young men and helps develop them in leadership and even their spiritual life. And he is one of the pastors at Ebenezer Family Church in Carson, California. So, give a warm atmosphere welcome right there in your living room to Pastor Kevin.
1: Man, it was February first, two thousand and three. I remember walking into um, to my grandmother's funeral. It was uh, a cold Kansas City day, and um, I remember feeling different. I remember walking in, weeping uncontrollably, not being able to control my emotions and not understanding where that was coming from. I didn't know if that was coming from the fact that my grandmother had passed away or God was doing something in my life. So I remember sitting in front of my grandmother's casket. I was placed at the head of her, of her casket and I just remember uh, putting my head in between my legs and weeping weeping. And then this feeling came over me. It actually wasn't a feeling. It was more like a a chokehold that came over me. And people, if anyone tells you that God does not speak audibly anymore, I would call them a liar because I heard God's audible voice that day. And he asked me a simple question. He said, do you surrender? Do you give up? Will you follow me? And I remember that moment because I didn't want to die because I felt like I was going to die because of the chokehold that the Lord had placed around my neck. I said, Lord, I surrender and I, and I give my life to you and you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And so today I know that not, in this, not only in this church, but in the church universal, that there are people walking around, coming into the churches, driving up and down the freeways. And, and they have not answered that critical question of who is Christ to you. So today we want to we want to take a look and understand the importance of answering that critical question of who Christ is in your life. I mean, I think it's extremely important for today because of the state of our world. If you don't have a solid foundation that is based in Christ, then you're going to be tossed to and fro. And if you're here in the church, if you're here at Atmosphere, if you're here uh, wherever you are and you, and you say you're a believer and your foundation is not solid, it's going to be hard for you to stand. And so I believe that the most critical question in our life is answering that question, who do we say Christ is? If you can, would you turn with me to the book of Matthew? And we're gonna go to chapter 16 and we're gonna read uh, verses 13 through 20. I'm pretty sure this is a very familiar passage for most of you, uh, but it's one of my favorite passages of scripture because it, it, it reminds me and it brings me back to the time when I said yes to Jesus and my life was radically changed. When I was able to walk in a true identity, I have responsibility, purpose, and authority. And I want you to be able to walk in those things today. I know you have it. I know we're online. I don't want you to get used to this, uh, but this is our, our, our new normal right now. But if you have it, say amen. I'll wait, amen, amen. And amen again. Verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Man, that's the word of the Lord. Now we see here, uh, Jesus had just finished healing people, feeding for thousands. Getting into verbal jousts with the ph- Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they were literally uh, uh, the the Caesarea Philippi was was literally the place where they would worship the the uh, the god Pan and and Baal, and it was literally the gates of hell. And so, Pan is where we get the word uh, panic. And think, man, you got to think about today. I mean, the world the world is in panic we don't know where we're going to get our water from we don't know where we're going to get our food from we don't know if we're going how graduation is going to look we don't know how anything is going to we don't we don't know what's happening right now the world is in pan- panic people are still waiting for that stimulus check we don't know what's happening and so they were there right there with the Lord and and you and we know that the Lord is a is a good God and he is uh very strategic in in what he does and so he he takes them to this place. And he asked him this he asked them two questions. Who do the people say that I am? And then he asked him who do you say that I am? And so so who who do, who do people say that I am? It it, it reminds me of like uh I'm the chaplain for the for the Los Angeles Rams and you get to see and hear a lot of reporters. They get to write reports, social media, they get to tell you what what they think about the team. they get to tell you whatever they want to tell you. It could be based in, in in some truth, but but it's not all factual. It's not all accurate information that they're giving you. And so what, what, what the people were saying and, and what the disciples had realized, and I'm, I'm sure that Jesus was aware of what people thought about him. They said that he uh, was John the Baptist. That was his cousin. He said, remember, if you remember John the Baptist, he came, man, prepared. I'm here to prepare the way of the Lord. Man, he was wild. They said he used to eat locusts and honey. He was a, he was a wild man. He was beheaded. He was decapitated. And people thought that he would return because of his prominence and how how big he was and, 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 and the, the following that he had. And so they said, man, you might be John. the Baptist." Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. And, and if you remember who Elijah was, he was a mighty man of God. He did miracles, miracles similar to what Jesus had been doing up until this point. And they said, Jeremiah, man. Oh, man, Jeremiah, a mighty prophet, the weeping prophet, the weeping prophet. He would weep. But he also stood against the religious leaders and he opposed, he, he, he declared, hey, the destruction of the temple. He, he, he declared that. And they said, I mean, you, you, you could be uh, other prophets. And, and here's the deal. All of that was true. Jesus stood against the religious leaders. He, he stood up for justice. He did miracles. He would heal. He would allow the lame to walk, the blind to see the hungry to be fed. That's what he did. And he did. One of his, the first things that he said is that, man, the kingdom of God is at hand. And so the kingdom of God was there. And so all of that stuff was accurate. I mean, it, it was true, but it wasn't necessarily an accurate depi- depiction of who Christ really was. And so that was from the outside world. And then Jesus turns his attention to the inside and to the people that he had invested in, to the disciples, to the people that have been walking with him and seeing up close and personal, hearing the stories behind the doors. And he asked him, "Who?" Do you say that I am? And, and, and I think of a, of a good coach or a good father, or a good mother who, who, who uh, their children or, or their team is hearing all of this information about, oh, oh the, the team is this way or the family is this way or, or it's this, that, and this, that, and, or, or this or that. And the coach pulls everybody in. The mom or the dad pulls everybody in and they ask the question, So you hear what everybody else is saying about me, about you, about your family, about your team, about whatever situation you're in, but I wanna ask you, who do you say that we are? Who do you say that I am? And as soon as uh, the individual can identify clearly who they are, what their purpose is, where they're supposed to go, that's when people can run with passion, with purpose, when they identify when you're able to identify who you are. You're able to run that way. And so Jesus asks, "Who do you say that I am?" And and again, he's not talking just to uh to Peter. He's talking to all of his disciples and and Peter, if we know Peter, we know that he is the one that is always going ahead of God. He's the one that, uh, he is the spokesperson for the disciples. He is what I like to call the loud mouth of the bunch. He has to be heard. And so he pipes up and he says, I got the answer. I know. Let Let me tell you who you are. Let me tell you who I think you are. And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, my God. It wasn't until Peter identified who Christ was, did things start changing in his life? It wasn't until Peter decided that Jesus was the Christ that he began to have some authority. It wasn't until then he began to have a purpose and a true identity in who he was and who Christ was. And so he said, who do you say that he said you are the Christ so he identified him correctly as the one who was who who is and is to come he was the savior of the world he is the Christ he is the Messiah the savior of the world we find we you see earlier in, in Matthew when it says hey man call him call him Emmanuel God with us he told Joseph Call him Joseph, call him Jesus because he's going to save people from their sin. And so Peter identified that in Christ man you are the Christ, the one, the Son of the Living God. And so there's a lot of debate on on you know why Peter was was singled out but but I, 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 want, I want to take this perspective. Because I believe that Jesus is talking to you today individually. Jesus is talking to me individually. Jesus is talking to uh, each of us one by one. It says, Simon answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I don't believe the purpose of Jesus calling Peter out was to necessarily put him at the forefront. That might be true. He was a leader. He did a, he did a lot of wonderful things. I believe he was the, the, the leader of, of the disciples. I, I believe that. But I don't believe that that was the sole purpose of him calling Peter out and Peter answering. I believe it was because he had to show us today that he wants to look you in your eyes. He wants to look inside of your heart. And he wants to ask you, who do you say that I am? And he wants your answer to be that which comes from your heart and what has been revealed to you, not by flesh and blood, not by what everybody else is saying about Jesus or what your mother said about Jesus, what your grandmother said about Jesus, what your cousin, your aunt, your friends are saying about Jesus, but what had been revealed to you divinely from God our father who is in heaven. It wasn't until I heard from Jesus, man, I was raised in church, man, I would go to go to VBS. I remember my favorite story is the story of the, of the Hebrew boys, man. I remember that. I remember going to VBS and doing the little crafts and, and doing the, I don't even know what they call them no more, but I remember that. But I didn't have a real relationship with him. I was just going through the motions. But it wasn't until that time when he asked me, do I surrender? Do I give up? It was a personal thing. It was a divine appointment that he set with me on February 1st, 2003. It was a divine appointment. And he said, do you surrender? And so he pulled, he pulled Peter aside and he said, look, let me de- I'm going to deal with you one-on-one. I'm going to deal with you Exclusively. And so the the, the thing is, is that uh, uh, there is no herd mentality uh, in your relationship with Jesus. Because whenever we go to meet our maker, which we all will, we're going to all have to stand before the Lord. When we leave our skin, we're going to have to answer for ourselves. You know, right now they're saying that uh, uh, to build up immunities for this pandemic that we have this coronavirus, they say, hey, let's let's. Let's see if the herd uh, happens. Let's see if the herd uh, immunities take place. So let's go around. Let's, get, let's get, gather people together. Let's start coughing on each other, spitting on each other. Let's do all of this and see if we build up these antibodies for this, uh, uh, this disease or whatever we, we're calling it. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom of God. Jesus has to deal with you and me individually. And I believe he wants to deal with you today individually. He wants you to take a look at yourself. You guys remember the song Michael, that Michael Jackson wrote, uh, The Man in the Mirror? He's looking, he wants you to look at the man or the woman in the mirror today. He wants you to, to, to take a look at your own soul. He wants you to take a look at your own life and evaluate what's going on in and through your life. He wants to focus on you. And I believe that as we take a look within and we say yes to Jesus, things begin to happen. New things in our life begin to happen. And here's how I know here are the implications of you and I saying yes to Jesus. Here's the implications of you and I saying, you know what? I'm going to turn away from that sin that I've been holding in my, in my heart this whole time. I, I, I got to get rid of this bitterness. I got to get rid of this hatred. I got to get rid of this unforgiveness. I got to stop looking on the computer. I got to get rid of this fear. I got to get rid of this shame and this guilt that Satan has had over me. Because I want to tell you right now that Satan does not want you to be a part of the building process of the kingdom of God. He does not want you to be a part of that. He wants to oppress you. He wants to hold you down. He wants to keep you bolted. But as soon as you say yes in your heart to Jesus, this is what happens. Jesus replied and said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for he has revealed to you. Uh, he, 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 for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. So he changed his name. You get a new identity when you walk with Jesus and you say yes to Jesus. He changed his name from, from, from Simon to Peter or Cephas. And he said, on this rock, he gave him a responsibility. He said, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And see, the rock, see, again, we're talking about individuals. We're, talk, we're talking about you and me individually. He didn't just build the the church on, on Peter and his faith. He's continually building the church today on my faith, on Pastor Jim's faith, on your faith, on your son's faith, on your daughter's faith. He's continually and desires to build the church on our faith. Because we're little rocks. We're, we're, we're little Petrosses. We are, we are the men and women that he has called to build and erect his church. He says, so I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Man, that's important right there. I need you guys to understand that right there. I want you to understand that right there. He said he, he has given us keys to the kingdom of, of heaven. He has given us authority. He has given us uh, the right to use his name. We, he has given us the authority to say in the name of Jesus, I command you to get up and walk. He has given us the authority to say, man, you can be healed. You, you, He has given us the authority to bind and to loose. And so I don't believe Jesus can build on on a slippery foundation, a sandy foundation. God is calling us to dig and to dig really deep. He wants us to dig so deep that we hit bedrock. So the, the lower we go, the deeper we go the higher we get to climb. The deeper we go, the higher we get to climb. And so as we start pulling back from those sins, and you know your sin, just like I know my sin. You know the things that are holding you back from God. You know that relationship that you're in that might not be healthy. You know that that you might need to get out of that. You know that you might be putting your job above your relationship with Jesus. Overtime is a mug right now. Everybody wants to get a little extra cash right now. But I want to tell you that cash ain't going to do nothing for you when Jesus comes and asks you that question, who do you say that I am? You better be able to give him a real answer. Because when Jesus asks, you better give him an answer. And your answer is critical to what happens in your life, in your family's life, in your profession, in your relationships, in the things that you desire to do, in the vision that that you have. It all depends on what you say and who you say Jesus is in your life. So Jesus said that the gates of hell will not overcome it. The gates of hell will not be stronger than what Christ wants to build in you. Especially if you are building on a solid foundation, if you're building on a strong faith, secure in your identity in Christ and ready to walk in authority and take the keys and make real change. The question is, do you really want to make change? Do you really want to have authority? Everybody wants to have power. I want to tell you a story, man. I was I was 16 years old and got my driver's license when I was 15. I wasn't ready for no driver's license. I don't know anybody. I think that's why they said in most states that you gotta be 18 before you get your driver's license. I'm probably the reason why they said that. My mama had a 1994 Nissan Maxima. It was clean. It was a champagne. It was champagne. It was beautiful. And I said, "Hey, mom, let me use the car. Let me use the car. Let me, let me, let me, let me." Let me. Let me, I'm going to take it, go get it clean because I wanted to go and, and hang out with my friend. I want to go do that. And she was like, man, she trusts She She's like, all right. And, if, man, if you know my mama, if you don't do what you say you're going to do and you do something, and you mess up, you're going to hear about it and you ain't going to never forget that time. So I get the keys and and I turn my music up and I start driving down my street and I'm 16 years old. I'm I'm speeding on residential streets. I run past her and stop like, boom! Stop sign, boom! T-Bone. What did I do? My, I had to, I literally was around the corner, so I called my mom and I said, hey mom, I wrecked wreck the car. And I, I felt horrible. <laughs> I wasn't responsible. I didn't take serious the authority and the power that I had with the keys that my mother had given me. And I abused it and I caused damage. It cost a whole lot of money to get the car repaired. And the question is, it's like today is, when we walk in sin, when we're not walking in forgiveness, When we're walking in fear, when we have all of that guilt and all of that shame, all of those anxieties. man, we're causing damage. To the body of Christ, we're being we're being irresponsible with the authority that we have and that we can walk in. Because it said the gates of hell will not prevail. That means that the gates of hell have no power. They have no power when we say yes to Jesus. It can come and start beating on us all we want to, but guess what? We're able to stand because Jesus is right there in front of us because we said yes. So as I think about where we are today and as I think about this passage of scripture, I want to ask, are you, Standing on a solid foundation. Are you allowing Jesus to deal with you one-on-one? Are you walking with the firm and secure faith? With the strong identity in Christ? Have you accessed the keys and the authority that comes with saying yes, to Jesus because I can, I can guarantee you that there's a lot of us that are walking around with Jesus saying that we're with Jesus, but not with Jesus. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be praying right now, not only right now, but I, I'm going to be praying that you have a moment where you almost feel like you have to die. Maybe not physically, but spiritually, all of those things that you've been holding, they have to die in order for, for you to say yes to Jesus. I want you to have a moment like Peter had. Who do you say that I am? And I want you to be able to say, you are the son of the living God. You are the Christ. You are the savior of the world. I want you to walk in purpose, identity, and in power. So in order for us to do that, We have to say yes to Jesus. We have to trust Jesus with all of our hearts. Because until God does a work in us, it's going to be impossible for him to build the church the way that he needs it to be built. The church, I believe, is built by people through faith. And if there are a bunch of people inside of our churches that have a rocky faith, that have no identity, no purpose, no authority. The church that we're building is going to be irrelevant. It's going to be powerless. It's going to be pointless. And I don't believe anything that God desired for us should be pointless, powerless, or irrelevant. And so I want to encourage you today to think about who Christ is to you. Pastor Jim just preached a, a message, a, a whole series about following me, following Jesus. Man, I know a lot of people that are following, but they're not in the club. They're not with him. You all trying to get to the door, you all want access to all of this good stuff and all of that, and then you, you're walking up into, to the door and, and you, you're trying to get in with the crowd and, and, and Jesus walks in and his true disciples walk in behind him and then you you get stuck at the door, the security guard says, uh, "Who you with?" And they say, I'm, you, you say, I'm with, I'm with him. I'm, I'm, I'm with Jesus." Jesus looks back, "I don't know him, He's not with me. She's not with me." You got to go to the back of the line. And so I want to I, I be able to walk up close. And, and as, as Jesus opens up the door, I want to go in right behind him. And I want you to do the same. But it doesn't happen until you say, yes, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Let's pray. God, we just bless you and we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word and how it is so relevant today and it stands true. Your word is true. Your word is living. It is active and is useful for exhortation, for encouragement, even cutting straight through our hearts, Lord Jesus. And so I pray that your word will slice through our hearts and change us. I pray that today that people are, are doing some, some soul searching, They're looking at themselves. We take a look at ourselves on a daily basis, and we have to say yes to you. Lord, I'm saying yes to you today. I'm so thankful for when you said, hey, do you surrender? And so I pray that today that your people would surrender to your will. I pray that you will forgive us of our sins. I pray that you will protect us and that you would save us, God. Man, we love you. Man, I love you so much. And I thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. God bless you, Atmosphere Church, man. Thank you for having me. Pray that you have a wonderful Sunday. God bless you. Shake hands and don't fight.
0: Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.